Support for Character Crusade comes from audiobooks.com. Audiobooks make it possible to enjoy a story, learn something new, or find inspiration anytime, anywhere. And with more than 60,000 titles available, audiobooks.com makes it easy and convenient. Simply set up your account and start downloading your favorite books to your mobile device. Right now, you can start with a free 30-day trial and select the book of your choice to get started. Go to book.charactercrusade.com and start listening today. Greetings, Crusaders. You're listening to Character Crusade Skyrim Roleplay Workshop. I'm Stu. And I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're going to talk about the three rings of character conflict. That's going to be our play theory segment tonight. And that topic is really designed to help people find ways to look at their characters in a new way, maybe come up with a level of detail that they wouldn't have considered previously. It's just one other way that you can go about doing that. So we're going to discuss that in detail in today's play theory segment. Um, And then uh, tonight in our character craft segment, we're going to focus on your character, right, Joe? Uh, Yeah, my new one. And Indy Blah Blah? How do you spell that? Well, let's see. Yanarath. Okay. Uh, okay. I E N A R A T H. Excellent. Well, he can spell it. Nice. Yanarath. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I, I tend to go for the simpler names. Although some would say that Shulat Sheshkala is not exactly uh, a simple. No, but not it does exactly. roll off. The... It, it's, it's pronounceable, though. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, Joe, wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that you could like fit on a license plate, which makes it difficult. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I just call <laughs> them shoe lot. It's easier. Just reminds me of. It's easier. Duloc. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Duloc is the perfect place, by it's, the way. It is. I've heard it that. Is. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. It kind of reminds me of solitude, actually. Mm-hmm. In its very own special rectangular way, yes. Yes. <laughs> I think somebody's compensating for something. Exactly. <laughs> Says uh, the naked dog. I know. So we're going to focus on no Joe's character, Inneroth. Roth. That'll work. That'll work. Like David um, E. Roth. Exactly. Mm, not at all. No. no? No. Not at all. No. Oh, I kind of like that. Sorry. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> She shouts a lot and does big circle kicks. We can't figure it out. <laughs> but she looks great in chaps. Big 80s hair. Yeah. Oh, 1480s uh, hair. 1480s hair, yes. So uh, we're changing up our format a little bit for the character craft segment because um, would you say we went long in the last episode? It was, uh, it was a bit long. A, yeah. bit, a bit long, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to cover all three characters, but we're going to focus on... Um, on two characters for 10 minutes, and then we're going to have a longer focus on one and just kind of alternate with every episode. So tonight, we're going to focus on Joe's character, and then we'll get a 10-minute update on, on my character and Matt's character, and then that'll lead us into play theory. But before we do that, we have some announcements. So it's WW2, major level up. We've got uh, another five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, I don't know how else to say other than thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Say it just like that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. All right. How about just thank you, WW2? That's Um, better. I like it. I think lots of folks uh, share the sentiment on uh, the idea that the interplay, our conversation is really interesting makes it mm-hmm. much different than other podcasts where it's just a person talking. Um, but also, lots of people have noted that there's been some significant improvements in the technology <laughs> production of the podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, and we've said that happily. Uh, we've said that on our own. We even have more new gear here today, mm-hmm. uh, partly because we uh, clearly don't need to eat anything other than ramen because we need to buy more electronica. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what do you do? I know. Better podcast, thinner me. Okay. <laughs> Ramen's not going to help with that. Uh, five-star ratings, fantastic. Thank you very much. For everyone who gives us a five-star rating, got to listen up for a shout-out to you on uh, maybe the next coming podcast if you give us five stars on iTunes. Yeah, we're always going to do shout-outs for five-star ratings on iTunes, and we're going to do shout-outs for contributors to our Patreon campaign uh, at any level above $1, right? Absolutely. So uh, we do have some updates in our Patreon campaign uh, reward system, right, Matt? We certainly do. What do we got going now? So we're changing some of the giving levels. A lot of the folks have looked at uh, like the $15 director level and probably thought, mm, I'd really like to do that. But what about the $10 level? And I've mm-hmm. got some character things I'd like to talk with you about. Um, so we're talking about doing a change to the $10 a month level. Okay. Uh, really invite a little bit more interaction too, right? So we'll do character critique. Get us some of your character ideas, and we're going to banter uh, amongst the three of us and come up with uh, some good character backstory, uh, help understand a little bit about where your character maybe is coming from, right. and uh, get that back to you at the $10 a month level. Uh, this is awesome. I like it. Um, we have a lot of people who've sent us their character concepts um, through the web form. Yep. 
but we can't always respond to those. And then when we do respond to them, it's in the context of, you know, our Crusader mail segment where we may be trying to address three or four questions at a time. This would be um, a portion, a a significant portion of an episode that was devoted to an individual specific character. And we could go into a, a lot more depth, right? Right. That's great. I love that. Okay, so what about the $15 level? Well, the $15 level stays at the director level, which okay. for folks who are interested in that, it is helping us to direct a show. What's the content going to be? Where are we going to go? What are the things that we're going to cover during the course of that show? Okay. Makes me a little uneasy. It's the control <laughs> out of our hands. But <laughs> the, the reality is, is, is that this is not just for us, right? This right. is for the, well, huge numbers of people who are listening. Uh, and to be able to get some direct listener feedback exactly. as to what they want to hear in that upcoming podcast would be I think mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah, I think um, I, I think we have the most fun when we sort of pick a topic and topic and just kind of see where it goes, yep. right? And so, um, getting some direct feedback from our listeners to say, you know, here's something you may not have touched on before that I'm particularly interested in, but the rest of the world might benefit from. Right. I think that's a good thing too. So this is great. Only fifteen dollar level. All right. Let's bring so it on. We're doing one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, and fifteen. But you certainly don't have to. Uh, stick with those numbers if you don't want to. That is simply how our reward uh, program is structured currently. If you've got any suggestions for other things you think might make good rewards, certainly feel free to send us an email and let us know your ideas. We're always looking at all that stuff. And we're so. always reading all of the feedback that comes through that form. Absolutely. Yep, yep. So in further announcements, we have uh, Joe has got a little bit of an update for us um, on upcoming episode, right? Yes, and... Uh Good segue to email. <laughs> Just, we don't uh, have an email sound, do we? we uh, not yet. Not okay. yet. We're working on it. Yeah. That is it right there. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think we can do better. <laughs> I don't know how to pray. That, okay. <laughs> so, no, coming up, uh, we do have some listener mail. Uh, just the one today, but... Okay. Uh, I want to throw out a couple of important upcoming dates, and we can go in a little more detail on that at the time. Okay. Uh, but it is going to revolve around the Aranus Arcana questions uh, okay. that uh, we've been getting through the forums. Okay. Are we hitting critical mass or what? what's the deal? Well, <laughs> we've, we've got enough of them that I think we can okay. spend a significant amount of time uh, right. in an episode discussing uh, people's curiosities. Okay. And let's be fair. People are going to start breaking down the gates if they don't get some answers. <laughs> All right. So... I'm going to throw those, uh, I'll throw those dates <laughs> out when, when listener mail comes around. But Okay. So we're going to get um, a cutoff date when last yes, questions are due. there's going to be a cutoff date and then uh, we'll announce when, okay. or, yeah, when, when the- uh, Which episode? The episode is that we'll address those. Okay, cool. Uh, the last thing that we have on our list for today for announcements is some updates to the blog. Um, I put up a blog post last week. It is, uh, incidentally, the topic that we're going to be covering tonight. Um, the circles of character conflict, but there are a couple other items up there. Um, Joe has started posting entries of a short story, right? Which is kind of the the background of your current. Yeah, character, right? yeah. I've I've kind of been grooving on my current uh-huh. dark elf, okay, Dunmer, and mm-hmm. so I've decided to uh, put together a backstory and in, in the form yeah. of a short story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start uh, putting those up on the blog. I've it's really the cool one there and. It- as soon as I get those caught up to it, my actual gameplay, then I'll start basically documenting the game. 
Okay, it's kind of like live journaling. I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's so much in here. I I'm hugely envious of the fact that you've crafted such a great story behind this. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping in and I'm playing and I'm screwing things up, and then I think after the fact, wow, how could I account for that in the story? Um, I just love reading it. I'm not going to break the news to anybody. Just get out mm -hmm. here and read it because yeah. it's great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's on the blog, and we'll be um, we're we're dropping it into a category. I forget what it is. Is it short story or short stories it? or stories? I I can't remember okay. off the top of my head which one I. Yeah, short it would be stories. one. Of, is it short stories? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it it it's also tagged with the character's name too. So yes, yes. there's more than one way to get at that content. But right now it's just going to be in the stream of our blog, fairly standard. We don't have so many entries in there that it's going to be difficult to to find. Yeah, not some for a while. Really. Right. Yeah. Right. Soon it will be organized. Yeah. So the the other item is um, I am going to slowly start releasing content um, from the um, Aranus Arcana Let's Play into the blog in both written and audio format. Um, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but um, I finally kind of figured out what the right platform is for it. So uh, the first blog entry I put up, and I don't know how often I'll do these. Um, you know, maybe a couple of months if I can if I can do that. But um, I've got the uh, the script from Fleet's first encounter with Sithis up there, along with a completely remastered um, audio file for that. So you can read it, you can listen to it, you can do both. And then uh, put up a fresh screenshot from the Let's Play uh, that, that I did some uh, extra work to in Photoshop to, to really make it look nice. And it's kind of a way of just sort of showcasing some of the content that came out of there. I figure if it's up there and people can check it out, maybe they'll be able to use it for some ideas of their own, mm -hmm. for their own characters. So there are going to be several entries um, from Sithis up there, some probably dialogue content um, from the series, as well as some poetry and things like that that were that were written as part of that whole experience. Very so, cool. Yeah. So the blog is growing and people are starting to hit it. So it's kind of exciting. Great. Yeah. Very good. Anything else, fellas? No, I'm busy reading your blog post. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Stop <All> interrupting. Right. <clears throat> sorry. Sorry about that. No, I think, I think that should wrap it up. All right. Let's get into character craft. Stick around. Matt, so tell us what's up with Einar Stigander. Well, Einar Stigander has figured out how to shed all of the stuff that he was carrying uh, from the last episode. Uh, I have a huge pile of stuff here in Bleak Falls Barrow that I have dropped. Uh, not, uh, not all his not stuff. All, not all of his stuff. We've <laughs> already gone okay. through okay. that. Stop right. asking okay. me to drop my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, but I, there's there's got to be 15 outfits and weapons mm -hmm. and boots and uh, all kinds of things here. And uh, he's kept the most important <laughs> weapons. So, uh, somehow Einar Stigander referring to them as outfits makes <laughs> so much sense to me. Well, there's so many things that you can choose to put on. Right. Are they like granimals? Can you mix and match them? Or? They are. They're just covered with the blood of his enemies. <laughs> As opposed like to it. fun shapes and characters. So how far did you make it all the way through the barrel then? Uh, I did make it all the way through the barrel. Excellent. It was uh, lots of death going on in there on my part. Uh, lots yeah. of other people had uh, 
unfortunately passed along the way too as I learned better weapons. I started taking some screenshots. So here's Bleak Falls Sanctum. I started getting through because I really like the environment as well. Uh Come around the corner and what did you call this dude? Oh, that's a Draugr. A Draugr. So I I learned several times not to uh, just run around the corner expecting that I was going to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Survive. Um, yeah. Uh, because as soon as I pay attention to one, depending on which weapon I have in my yeah. hand, I'll, if I have a bow and arrow, uh, invariably I'll die. Right. Um, it's like my other first-person shooter games where I tend to use bazookas and stuff like that. <laughs> I, have, I have to have something that's a close-in weapon. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, just dangerous for everybody, including well, me. there are some occasions when a bazooka would be awfully nice. <laughs> well, everybody might be one of those. Yeah, everybody was telling me about how the giants were turning uh, into golfers, and I found that out, too, because just being <laughs> clubbed with that... Yeah. The, did uh, you go? All? Did you go airborne? Oh, many, many oh, times. Nice. Oh, uh, you got into it with the giants I did. too. Well, you know, I had some <laughs> questions about being able to go get a mammoth. Tusk, I've had right? questions. Oh, yeah. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, I, I think that if the if the physics were any more real, I would feel it because uh, my <laughs> my flailing, broken, crushed body flying through space uh, after the giants took one big swing. Actually, was, I think on the console you can set your controller to. Yeah. Vibrate. Oh, yeah. The, so you, you could feel it. It would still be it vibrating rumbles. right now. It rumbles, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but after I got out of the barrel, I was trying, you know, again, I'm trying to follow uh, some of the conversation from earlier podcasts. Where I'm trying not to fast travel because I'm still trying to investigate sure. all of Skyrim. So as I back out into any of the uh, spaces that I've investigated, if you will, if I look at the map overview, there's a lot more things there, which is right. great, but I'm really tempted to fast travel just because, you know, it would be convenient. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you lose the, it's like on vacation, it's partly about the journey, too. And you keep mm-hmm. telling me that I'll bump into other people uh, learning archery and whatever else, and if, while most of the people I meet don't survive the encounter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because meeting all the wrong people. Because I don't know better, right? <laughs> oh, look, hey, there's a person. They must be evil. They must be yeah. slain. Yeah, you get jumpy like that. You really yeah. do. And so first character, I'm trying to not... There's an egg up there. I didn't even notice that. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> So as I start taking screenshots and figuring out where I am and all the stuff that I missed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've made the mistakes of shooting some of these uh, flame pots and having them, you know, fall oh, down cool. on me. And, that's good fun. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's really <laughs> lots of fun. Um, only after the fact do I find out that, that there was death boiling above. Uh, uh-huh. and, so. and usually a lake of oil underneath. Right, but if, <laughs> if there had been bad guys down there, I would have been why they're there. Set, right? Yep. Uh, but I had managed to take care of all the bad guys, apparently, before I got there and just dumped it on me. Uh, not so smart. Um, I got through activating this ring here with the golden dragon claw. Oh, yep. Um, okay. Not knowing where I needed to get all the detail about those things, I probably spent half an hour oh, choosing right. things at random. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Not really a lot of fun. I just kept saying, no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> did, did you finally figure it out? How did I you did. figure it out? Uh, just by Random dumb luck, right? At least there weren't five rings or it would still be going on because three rings, three choices, I just... I, mm-hmm. Oh, so... I just kept okay. guessing my way through it. So I would yeah. just try methodically. If you've ever misplaced your... Do we want to help him? No, don't. Tell me in a minute. <laughs> I, I went through the fix your bike lock mode, and that is pick oh, one, okay, advance it, okay. advance it, advance it. Yeah, yeah. Damn it! I locked my laptop to my desk, and I really need to go home, and I can't remember the combo. The heck is the code? That's... There's only 999 possible options. <laughs> <laughs> so, all yeah. right, so break it to me. How easy was it to figure that out? 
well, if you if you don't know, not easy. But yeah. if you look in your item, your inventory, and you go over and you select the the claw item, mm-hmm. you can zoom in on it and rotate it. And on the bottom of the claw is a symbol that corresponds to each ring. Interesting. Yep. Yep. So once okay. You, so you look at and all the claws are different. So you look at those, mm-hmm. and then you just go top down. Okay. Well, now I know mm-hmm. for next time. You bet. I I would not have I thought to review that you the inventory. That out, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's one of the reasons it why it took so long. <laughs> well, it, it it isn't random. It's it's methodical, horrible, <laughs> tedious. <laughs> but I knew that yeah. there had to be something important mm-hmm. on the other side of the wall, right? Oh yeah, something important. Yeah. Didn't enough. I didn't check my inventory though. Did I lose the claw to no. using it, or I kept it? No, nope. it stays with you. It stays okay. with you. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yep. Well, that was uh, just after midnight. So clearly, I well between the last one. Yeah, I spent a really long time <laughs> trying <laughs> to open that up. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so uh, and learn from there. Uh, I managed to get a couple of, I think, really kind of cool weapons, which was really kind of nice after having run around with an iron steel sword and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a there's a couple of bows and arrows that I have been really very good. I've got the, the ancient Nord bow or something okay. like yeah, that. That's it's not bad. Better damage than everything else. I'm yep. not just running around with the hatchet for splitting wood anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that's good. So, but just learning some of the places where I can drop all that stuff, because I tend to still be a hoarder. I still pick everything mm-hmm. up and then try to go find a place to drop it off. Um but I have a question in that regard. Can I leave a marker anywhere on the map where I have left stuff? Because um, I can go out and place markers on the map. I just didn't know if... Yeah, but you can only place one marker at a time. Right. So you could create a cache for yourself or something and, and put that marker there. Um, but depending on where you leave your stuff, there's no guarantee it's going to be there when you come back, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, so, that's the danger of that. Because right. a lot of those things will respawn, the barrels and the chests. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if that happens and your stuff happens to be in it... It's gone. It's gone. It's gone, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah, that's the advantage of you know a player home or a safe chests mod or you know things like that. You, you have the option of safe storage. One thing you can do... Um, if you're not playing a modded game is, you know, get a house or get involved with, uh, some guild that offers you a safe chest. Sure. I know, uh, the mage college gives you a room yep. that you can occupy and that stuff is all safe. Okay. How about your Vasker? Your Vasker, I don't believe there's they safe chests Because that's just there, kind right? of random. Yeah. You sleep wherever there's a bed open. Right. It, bec- I've seen mods out there that add safe chests to your Vasker, so I wouldn't say that anything in the vanilla game there is going to be safe. Okay. okay. So, but once you get a player home, go. everything in there is going to be safe no matter what. I haven't right. needed to go back and pick any of it up yet because you tend to find mm-hmm. lots while you're on the way. <clears throat> right. um, but at least I have clothes on now good, that the game is good. going through. <laughs> uh, I have tons and tons of arrows. I, every time I see an arrow, I pick it up. It's like finding pennies on the ground. Well, yeah, and, and yeah. arrows don't count against you. No, there's no, which is weight. fantastic, right? Right. It's odd, but nice. Yeah. But if you look at the way that I'm using my bow and arrow, because it's in complete childish freakout mode when I'm being attacked by anything and I yeah. happen to have the bow and arrow, I'm not thinking about changing weapons right. to something right away. So, so I, just I tend to back loose. up and I'm letting loose. And then right. you got the arrows that are not going anywhere. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right? yeah, and then you get some back. good high power ones. Um, so I go through a lot of arrows. And sure. then I march through and try to pick them back up again. Mm. But, oh, yeah. 
cool. Um, I have killed, unfortunately, some people who probably didn't deserve killing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll maybe cover that another time. Uh, I tried to uh, return the Golden Claw to Lucan. Yep. Whatever. Um, and uh, I apparently did something untoward, and, and uh, he started coming after me. Well, uh, yeah, he huh. he didn't last very long. I think I probably tried to steal some of the gold from the counter or something, and yeah. it was just you know, <laughs> accidental. Gold. It's, well, it it's accidental yeah. gold stealage. You know what are you supposed to do? Right. But of course, then he attacks me, and then oh, yeah. his wife attacks me, and and both of them are now dead. Um, so I'm probably missing mm-hmm. some huge part of the game in the future. But yeah. what do you do? Well, well, I don't recall off the top of my head, but if if it were really important to have him around, he'd be essential and you wouldn't be able to kill I've him. I've still got the keys to his place, though. So. Well, <laughs> Maybe I go. could store all my stuff there. You could try. <laughs> you could try. I think he was primarily essential for the the barrel. The yeah. Go, that, yeah. That quest. So, exactly. I mean, you've completed that, so. Yep. I don't think there's anything more for him. Well, and I know that we're right near the end of the segment, but I did get to participate in a dragon slaying that was pretty awesome. Is yeah. It, uh, oh, right. outside, of, outside of White Run, or where is it? Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's the one outside okay. of White Run, the first one that you ran okay. into. Okay, yeah. Which Western was Western vi- Watchtower, right? Yes. Yeah. Vicious okay. and awesome. Isn't it fun? It is. Com- it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Contagious. It really yeah. is. Then you're like, "Where's the next one?" And then you realize yeah. that was a really bad choice. <laughs> 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 but you know, you you. Then have to try to figure out how are you going to use your shouts, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. not so good so far. But again, only yep. only one yeah. change of the game on my part, and Takes so time. far getting slaughtered a lot and learning. So yeah, well, more next time. That's the adventure. Excellent. This is a great update. Cool. All right. Very good. going to talk about a new character, Robard, and he is part of my Epicosity project. Uh, I have posted some things on the website regarding Robard already, but I hadn't had a chance to talk to him, uh, you know, in this podcast, talk to his focus and kind of the direction I'm trying to take this character. Um, as far as the the project goes, I'm really bringing him on board to be sort of my thief character. And I, I've played a lot of stealthy type characters, and I was really interested in trying to find a new way to go where this is concerned. So with Robard, um, I'm really focused with him um, on not only thievery, but actually more on uh, this the idea of him being a bard thief, right? And when when I started coming up with a character concept, I really wanted to find a way to play a character. I wanted to play a character who was just a dirtbag, you know, just just an just a jerk, you know, um, but just not a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. Um, a complicated character with a back history that explains why he is the way that he is. And Robard is what I came up with, but his name's Robard Graves. Um, Robard Graves is not his given name. His real name is Robard, but his his last name, by uh, my telling of it, 
is Raven Crone, which is the last name of the um, the Jarl in Morthal. Right. So, and, and if you've had any uh, interactions with her, um, she kind of has a reputation for someone who has visions as kind of a seer and all this stuff. And one of the things I noticed when I have gone through there is that she kind of talks in riddles a lot. She sort of is more kind of involved in what's going on in these visions she's having than what's going on in the real world. And I also noticed that she's married to a man who's much younger than she is. And I thought, there's an opportunity here. So basically what I did is I've I've made Robard uh, the uh, illegitimate son hmm. of of this Jarl Ravencrone. And kind of the way I've explained that in my head is that, you know, he is the he's the product of um, either uh, well the way I think of it is that he's the he's the product of a first marriage uh, you know where the husband dies and then she takes on the mantle of of Jarl and so the the idea is that you know he's he's not exactly the greatest character in the world. And they're looking for a reason to sort of get rid of him. Mm. And so, you know, growing up, he does a lot of things that are probably not very good and gets a reputation around town for some, to be someone who's unsavory. The one redeeming quality he has is his ability to play the lute and to sing. So, uh, you know, I've been kind of working on this concept for a while. And it was kind of frustrating for me because I put the character together and I, I kind of put all the mods together that I thought I needed and had a lot of struggles with technical problems. And so I, I ended up having to change up a lot of things and essentially started the character over from scratch after mm. making it up to level 18 or 19. Ooh, so Why so? Summer. Yeah. Huh? Why so? Well, uh I don't know. It has to do with some of the mods I'm running. I'm using Percus Maximus, and uh, you know, to to kind of emphasize this idea that he's a bard, I went with uh, this become a bard mod, which I absolutely love. And then the other thing that um, I, I feel is important as a thief character, obviously, is is all the stuff in in the thief perk tree. So the dexterity. Uh, work, uh, some of the speech stuff, mm-hmm. you know, dexterity is where we're getting things like lock picking and pickpocket and all that stuff, right. right? So I was having a problem where with Become a Bard, I couldn't ask, I, I couldn't ask any innkeepers to play in their in their taverns. Right. And hmm. you were also having trouble with the, the mini game too, weren't you? Yeah, it was the lock picking mini game. I could, I could, uh, you know, click on a, on a, locked chest and the mini game wouldn't launch so I couldn't pick the lock and uh, I went through a lot of hassles with that trying to figure out exactly what was going on in the end it it turned out to be just this crazy thing uh, about how I had loaded an update for Percus Maximus so once I figured that out lock picking was working fine and then I thought you know what I'm going to start the character over and then kind of at level one, slowly introduce the mods that I think are important for this character to sure. work and see if I can't get everything working right. And and that really, uh, that, that seemed to do it. So I kind of have everything I need now. Cool. Uh, but I'm starting over from scratch in a way. But uh, really, really like the character. Again, I'm I'm following the same model that I have with past characters where I have these ideas in my head, these vignettes that kind of clue me in as to who he is. But I, I haven't fleshed everything out yet. So 
I'm still kind of working on that. And I think a lot of it has been muddied by the fact that I've had to start this character over well, twice now. Right. So now, I don't. Re- I don't recall if you said already, but uh, did you say what part of your uh, epicosity this character is going to? I, I yeah. Well, I'm focusing him like a thief. Yeah, he's going to be a thief. So um, eventually, he's going to be uh, the my my your, thief your guild, guild master, master right? Sure. Um, but what I've discovered is that I love the the bard stuff. I mean, he has not even made it to Riften yet, hmm. and oh, sure. you know he's at level fourteen at this point. Oh, nice. So okay. Okay. we'll we'll see what happens. Right? You like walk in the right direction and you level up. I'm yeah. I'm still at level uh, six or seven or something right now. Yeah, I know it's kind of crazy, but so. Yeah, I think there's going to be some more updates to come. I know it's a little bit muddy right now just because I'm trying to work through getting everything working. It was really important to me. Um, what we'll kind of set the stage and well, get, yeah. get the, 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 the base set. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really wanted Skyrim to kind of be a playground for a thief. Right. So I had to kind of think about all the things I wanted running, and it turned out to be a much longer list than I was originally planning. So okay. I, I think I'm up to about 148 mods right now, wow. but I've got everything running smoothly. Nice. Finally. <laughs> I'm running zero <laughs> mods. So, 140 mods. Yeah, well, 148, yes. Yeah, almost um, 150, really? yeah. Yeah, but That's, there's some absolutely brilliant ones in, really in this mix. I just can't get over it, and I, I think... I'm going to be reviewing this character a lot more in future episodes. And when I have the background story uh, more solidified, I'll kind of let everybody know. But um, I think at some point, too, we will probably, uh, at least you and I, will probably throw our, our mod lists out there for these characters. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for I'm sure. just writing stuff down every time you mention it, and we get it into the podcast notes and everything. Percus Maximus, yes. Sky UI, and a few others seem like the right place to start. But I, yeah. I've got nothing in there right mm-hmm. now. I'm just still running right. basically vanilla. So Yeah. Right. Well, this is a character that I, I love the concept enough that if I had to start him over a third time to get it right, I would because uh, it's that important to me. Um, I just love the idea of him, and even playing him at low level has been a riot. So um, I'm really looking forward cool. to sort of fleshing yeah. out this whole and I thing. Do believe there's actually some uh, images of him up on the site? Oh yeah, Crusade, so. oh yeah. There's there's some images up there, and uh, look for the uh, unsavory looking dude with the cigarette. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, the interesting thing was too that I I used the um, the race menu mod. So, of course, I had created my first version of him as I tried to sort out some of these problems and select my mods. And I loved the way that his facial features came together, and I wanted to preserve that. So I was able to use Race Menu to save out presets of his look. I was... And yeah, when I, I started the that. character a second time, I, I loaded nice those presets. Like this too. Yeah, I know. It's perfect, right? <laughs> that middle finger sticking up in the air. But yeah, I mean, there's some inconsistencies right now in the way that I've crafted his background. I haven't decided, you know, is he going to be this illegitimate son or is he going to be a legitimate son with, with, you know, some other problems or what's the deal going to be? But I know that he's going to be a part of that, that Raven Crone family. And I know that he is going to be 
kind of an exile from Morthal and estranged from his family. And I've gone to the point of using the console to add a bounty to his head inside Morthal. Hmm. So if he goes back to Morthal, he's going to be in trouble. And I've (laughs) already had encounters with bounty hunters because of that. Who've, uh, who've tried searching to, for you. Who tried to take him out. Yeah, so it's been pretty pretty fun. Cool. Yeah. So anyways. Um, Mod well, selection changing your character storyline. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot There's a lot more yeah. coming on this guy, but cool. uh, I got to get my thoughts together. Very good. Yeah. And just as a point of reference, uh, if you're not familiar with the Epicosity Project, uh, you can go back to episodes, what is it, three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Three and four. And that uh, we, we talk pretty extensively about it, so. Exactly, yeah. Very so, cool. more to come on Robard Graves um, once I get everything nailed down. Thanks, Stu. Yeah. Cool, looking forward to it. Okay, Joe, what do you got going? All right. Well, last time uh, we had talked about where uh, Inaroth was left by her. Yeah, it was something of a cliffhanger, her, wasn't it? Her necromancer <laughs> group that yeah. was not real excited about her trying to take their stuff and leave. So uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they stick around. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, alternate starts placed me in uh, a room. And as Stuart has since done the a little bit of research on because I'm too lazy, but uh, they actually do. <laughs> you were uh, delegating, I think. <laughs> uh, alternate Stars does actually randomly place you uh, for their different options. Yeah. So my random selection was down in Blackreach. Oh, excellent. So I started out level one in Blackreach. Oh, that's not uh, good. Specifically in Sindirian's okay. laboratory. So it was a safe starting point. But for anyone that has been in Blackreach and has gone to Sindirian's field lab, mm-hmm. uh, you'll know that there is a construct perched right on the doorstep. Well, as as well of a, as a bunch of Falmer and uh, there's Falmers creeping around. It's dark and, and it's crazy. It's don't dark know. and Blackreach is not exactly leveled, mm-hmm. so the construct was not leveled for a first level character. Oh my god! Um, I don't know. I can't remember which. What it's at, but it's the it's the version, the higher grade version that had the that has the built in crossbow, right? So I couldn't even run from it. Oh yeah, because it could get me from a distance. Yeah. Uh, so I I started out there, and so I rifled through Sundarian stuff. I grabbed his journal, so I kicked off the uh, the Crimson Root quest. That's crazy to do the Crimson Nern Root quest at level one. Yeah. Well, wow. I, I I haven't officially. I start well. I've collected a couple, but it hasn't been my focus. Well, yeah, but I mean, you've started. <laughs> yes, I it's mean, kicked most, it off. Most characters don't see that until they're like approaching pretty decent high level. Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember on my normal uh, playthroughs the other ones uh, what I was started out as, but yeah, uh, yeah. So it was it was kind of a rough it was a rough right. place to start, and so mm-hmm. I grabbed what I could out of there, okay, and I opened up the door and this construct activated immediately. And then you died. And then I died. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went, shit, (laughs) how am I going to do this? (laughs) So then I opened the door again. And And what happened this time? 
that I died. Oh no! I'm sensing a pattern. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I, I yeah. think I died three different times on the doorstep. Oh my goodness! Um, before I was able to actually run away. You're supposed to okay. say trick or treat. When, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, trick was on me, uh, and it well, was no treat. <laughs> God, that sucks. I mean, at that level too, you've got hardly any stamina, so you can't sprint for any length no, of time. No. So oh. yeah, once I realized that the the sword. I think it was a, a Dwemer sword that I grabbed from within his uh, mm-hmm. laboratory that I was not going to be able to kill it with that. Okay. Um, that's when I reverted to running away, mm-hmm. which is shortly after. Okay, so if you're familiar with the, the layout, um, kind of straight across from it is kind of a stairway that comes up to a... There's yeah. a doorway where you would normally actually come into it, I believe. Yeah. So I went up there, and that's when I discovered it had a ranged weapon. Oh, yes. So right. then I died. The, that built-in crossbow yeah. thing that it has. Yes. Of course. So I died mm-hmm. at a distance a couple times up there. So that was your come to Akatosh moment. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty what much. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I was able to retreat into the doorway that was up on that stairway and okay. uh, kind of gather my thoughts a little bit. Is was there a kind of a safe spot in there? Or? Yeah, because I could close I could close the doors behind me, and it was just it was all rubble. So okay, um, I don't know if that's just how the door is because I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been in Blackreach, right? Or if the mod alternate start actually mm-hmm. rubbled it off so you couldn't go backwards. Through oh, the, the, oh, well, yeah, the it's probably my guess is it comes that probably comes from the mod. So, so huh. I went in there, so there was nothing in there but me. Mm-hmm. Um, and dark as hell. Good uh-huh. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to, uh, enhanced lighting effects uh, that I've got installed. Oh man. It's really, really dark. So what there. did you do? Just kind of feel your way around or? Uh, well, fortunately there's enough glowing mushrooms and stuff oh, okay. around. I, I could yeah. make my way up. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I was able to get in there figure out what I was going to do. I tried cause there's a, a, a automated crossbow up on that. Oh, yeah. That walkway. And it's pointed directly at that thing. Mm-hmm. But the, it's got to be uh, it's got to be an operation. It's got to be erect, not just the sphere. Okay. Otherwise, oh, it has to be standing up. Yeah, because when you go to pull okay. the lever, the thing goes right over the top of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, And I just was not quick enough to pull that lever before it got up, rolled around, and shot things at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I gave up on that. Mm-hmm. Now, this time, I jumped off the, 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 the wall to the left. So Okay. Um, that kind of brought me into a, a kind of a protected area where some pipes came down and okay. you know, so I was kind of out of, out of line of sight. So, okay. uh, we were good with that, but I was right by this pit where a Falmer is. Oh no. So that activated the Falmer. <laughs> he came out to see what was going on. Right. And <clears throat> let's see. Were you able to get them to fight each other? Oh, you know what happened though? Yeah. Because he came in the way he came around, the sphere put its attention towards the Falmer. Okay. Took the Falmer out and then took me out. Oh, okay. So then I tried it again. Square one. <laughs> Save. <laughs> Save. <laughs> so I tried it again and uh, kind of a long story short, mm-hmm. uh, I was able to get the the construct to take the Falmer out. Okay. In a way that gave me some room to jump down into that pit and up the ramp 
And then I just circled my way around to the left, and I mm-hmm. was fortunate I went the direction I did because that's the way the lift was. There's a lift so, right there, yeah. Yeah. And so, you were able to get out then through that lift. So I was able to activate, open up the lift, get on the lift, and mm-hmm. make it make it to the surface. Now, are you then able to use that lift from now on to get back down there? Can yes. Can you do that? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Go to Blackreach, they said. You'll be fine, they said. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so yes, yes. So once you get up the lift, there's you know the lever that you can yeah. open up the gates, and they'll stay open. So so you can uh, go back down there anytime you want. So I can go back down there anytime. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. And uh, so that's that's uh, inevitably that's that's where I left off. So uh-huh. um, I have kind of come full circle in that. But in the meantime, uh, I went up and I started going towards Dawnstar. Okay. Um, well, actually. Uh, back up just a touch because that particular lift, that's the aft land lift. Okay. And that is just right overlooking, um, uh, what inn is that? The Night Gate Inn. Okay, sure. So that's the first thing I hit. Oh, that's actually a pretty good spot. So I came down and I went into the Night Gate Inn. Okay. Uh, because I thought it would be a good chance to recoup. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Makes sense. We spent a night at the Night Gate Inn. All right. And uh, I talk a little bitter out there about some orc living in the basement, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Went through the dialogue and all that good okay. stuff. Um, and then that's the next day I headed out towards Dawnstar, Morthol, okay. eventually up to Solitude. Okay. So w- when you came out, how did you how did you play that off? I mean, did you, did you play it as though she kind of knew where she was headed or... What were your thoughts there? You know, at that particular time, I, I, I played it off that she probably would not have known until she got to the night gate. Okay. Then she could ask around and figure yeah, out. Yeah, she could ask around, and she mm-hmm. knows enough of the general world. And the night gate is actually probably a, a pretty well-known yeah. stopping point. I would think so. So at that point, she started to kind of piece together where she was. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was actually quite a distance from where her her group was, and it's not a coven necessarily. I don't think mm-hmm. a group of necromancers really has a name, do they? I don't know. A murder? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd that go would with be that. appropriate. I'd let's, go with that. Let's do that. So we've got uh-huh. the, the coven of witches and the murder of necros. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's when uh, I realized that she was far away because uh, mm-hmm. the. The area that I chose for her her murder to be mm-hmm. was uh, down in Felglow. Okay, so that's opposite direction. Yeah, closer to White Run. So okay, uh, she doesn't have any desire to go down south. Okay, right at the moment. So I've been spending all my time with her up north. Okay, so I went uh, to Dawnstar, uh, ran into a little shithead of a kid. Okay, <laughs> oh, is that the? Yeah, that's the that's the kid from. Uh, Interesting NPCs. I yeah, he's, he's got to be. He's added by interesting NPCs. Yeah. So this is a kid who's uh, his his goal is is he's going to open up his own museum, uh-huh. and he's just the snarkiest little brat you'd ever uh-huh. you'd ever know. But towards the end of the conversation, I got to kind of like him. Oh yeah, because he was ambitious and he didn't take crap from anyone. Uh huh. So anyway, his his whole idea is I'm going to start up this. Uh, I, I don't even remember what the what name he was going to call it. Dusk. Uh-huh. something or another. 
so, I've never gotten far enough down the dialogue with oh, yeah, him to I, find I, this I, stuff I was, out because he always pisses me <laughs> yeah, off in the first he did two me seconds. Too, so. And so I was ready so to boot him or what? I was ready to stick <laughs> my foot in the water. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I actually pursued quite a bit of the dialogue mm -hmm. with him. So it turns out he's going to open up this museum yeah. for some ridiculous thing. Uh, mm -hmm. So I offered to fund it because I was kind of interested <laughs> to see exactly <laughs> yeah. what in the hell. Wow, like a what, Skyrim Kickstarter. What, what, this, what, this kid, <laughs> what this kid had going on. I'm like, all right, I'll pitch in. So he said, no way, because then you just want to take a cut of all the profits. Oh. So he said, no. He is kind of a snarky little Yeah, bugger. a little bit. So did you give it the $5 a month level? Or? <laughs> <laughs> he went to the director level all the way to the top. I was going to, and mm. he just wouldn't accept it. Mm. So... Uh, good luck with your museum. He's like, a control freak. Uh, but <laughs> what keyed me in on his dialogue, because uh, if you remember on some of my background, was yeah. uh, some of my reading uh, in my Murder of Necros, mm -hmm. is that he came across the you know these these books, and one of them was of my runes, and yeah. part of that was uh, uh, the Mythic Dawn. Yeah. So that's kind of one of her goals is to get that going. Right. Well, this little kid in, in his museum talked about. You know, and I'm not going to name it with something stupid like myth in the name. Oh. So I'm like, oh. Okay. What's that about? What's that about? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I started looking around, uh, mm -hmm. uh, looking around Morthal a little bit, or Dawnstar, excuse me. Yep. Yeah, Dawnstar. Dawnstar. Started looking around Dawnstar a little bit, and uh, um, there is the Mythic Dawn Museum mm -hmm. that does open up in Dawnstar. However, uh, I haven't kicked that quest off yet, so it was locked. Right. Yeah, once you hit a certain level... You get a letter. The letter yeah. will come. Yeah, so right now, uh, he stayed around Dawnstar for a day, or she did for a day okay. or two, and, and spent some time there. I usually spend my nights in a town somewhere. Right. Uh, one, I don't have the camping gear to spend it outdoors, and mm -hmm. uh, she'd prefer to spend it in a bed than a, t than a tent. Yeah. Um, so... There was really nothing left for me at Dawnstar. Dawnstar, she lost interest in real fast once she found out the mm -hmm. the, the museum was not open. But we yeah. all know she's going to come back. She will be coming back. The time back. will come when she'll get that letter and then... Hmm, Correct. So She'll know where to go. So then she started pursuing her way up uh, up towards Solitude, ran all into right. Morthal and spent some time there. Uh, even less of anything interest for her in Morthal oh, yeah. uh, at the moment. Uh, she might be intrigued by one of the little side quests there mm -hmm. uh, with the, the vamp. Yep. Yep. Uh, but for the time being, um, that was even less interesting to her than, than mm -hmm. Dawnstar. So she left there pretty quick after spending the night and then made it up to Solitude. Very good. So she went into Solitude, and quite honestly, I spent a crap load of time just mucking about in Solitude. Yeah, you know, I've discovered that as well. I've just uh, a lot of time in solitude. Yeah, yeah, just a kind of role playing stuff, going up mm -hmm. to Blue Palace. Oh, the irony! I know, right? Going up to the uh, <laughs> Blue Palace, and uh, um, I have—I have no idea where any of these places are. By the way, it's like listening to a travel log <laughs> of all these places that I might one day reach. You will, you will Someday. reach them. You will Someday. reach them. Um, so. Uh, part of, uh, well, one, of, I've got two mods installed, which really, uh, uh, allowed me to spend a lot of time in solitude, mm -hmm. just role playing. Um, right. uh, I've actually, uh, listening to, uh, 
the elder lore to get some of the uh, mm-hmm. uh, lore from elder from, lore podcast, yes, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because some mm-hmm. of the, uh, the the lore is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've kind of played her off as spending this time maybe catching up on on some of the books. She's been keeping all the books she finds, mm-hmm. uh, and someday she'll be able to storm storm away and read through them. And, and mm-hmm. she's kind of a, a academic in that sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, solitude is essentially the capital. Yes. You know, oh. and it's the capital of Skyrim. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of resources there between the Blue Palace yeah. and the Bard's College and lots of shops and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so the two mods I had mentioned uh, that really allowed me to, to spend time there are um, primarily honed metal. Okay. Uh, which allows you to have a blacksmith either make or upgrade uh, pieces for you, so you don't have to forge your own armor and weapons if nice. you don't want. It's about the most sensible mod ever. It, it makes <laughs> sense, right? So, so, but there's a caveat with that because it always takes time. Yeah. So you have to lay, wait at least one one game or one day, okay. a game day uh, before. So, I mean, I would spend the time with her. She'd put on her uh, she'd put on her dress that she bought at uh, uh, okay at. Uh, Radiant Raymond. Radiant Raymond. She went and Mm -hmm. bought some nicer clothes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she'd put that on, give her armor over and say, make it better. And she'd go out and read books and explore solitude a little bit. Mm -hmm. Talk talk around to different people, uh, including Jari. Oh, yeah. Jari Ra. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we might have to talk about him another time. Yeah, I know. He's an ass. Uh, So He requires a a little time set aside. A little bit. A little bit. So... Uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of time just uh, kicking around solitude, okay. getting to know people, and going up to the Blue Palace, visiting and buying some spells from uh, from the the, yeah. uh, the the wizard there. Yeah, I okay. I can't remember her name now. Yeah, I, I really can't either. Yeah. Um, you know, Palace uh, wizard. D- dear listener, you go ahead and, uh, you know, yell at your iPod or whatever you need to do right now. <laughs> yell at your iPhone because you know what the name of this character is. It's it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I it, it starts with a B. I, it, it's crazy because... Louder. I don't, yell louder. I don't talk to her very much, but I rob her house all the time. She's got <laughs> a think, lot of good stuff. Yeah, you would think, you'd think I'd know her by now, but no. Yeah, no. I, so, you are hearing hundreds of people shouting the name at their yeah, iPhone. It's like right Brylin or something like that. Oh, Brylin or, yeah. 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 Uh, Maybe, yeah, yeah, Some, yeah. Some, something. There's like one that. of those. Yeah, she's um, kind of she's kind of an arrogant person. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna see selfies so. pouring in of the insides of people's mouth while they're shouting at the phone. <laughs> 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 well, that's you know, in similar to uh, some of the airness. Yeah, you you know, YouTube. It's there. It's right there. I know. Did Turn you, around. <laughs> did you know that you just walked right past, you know, 10 black soul gems? Uh, no, I didn't see that five episodes ago. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so, I got a few of those. So, yeah, I spent a lot of my time in solitude, so I'm getting to know solitude quite a bit uh, just, okay. just by walking around wait, waiting for yeah. my stuff to be finished. Mm-hmm. I've had him made me a, he, he made a, a silver katana for me. Mm. and uh, improved some of the corundum armor that I had found. That's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, it costs a boatload of money. Don't get me wrong. It's not an easy way to, uh, mm-hmm. if you're looking to save coin, make your own stuff. But right. this particular character, I don't feel she would be heavy into smithing. Right. 
she would be willing to pay someone to make her yeah. make her stuff. Well, it makes perfect sense. She'd rather focus. So, I mean, right now, I don't see myself spending any perk points in mm-hmm. smithing, hmm. which is just outrageous compared to how I usually end up, you know, legendary. Right. Yeah, but if she wants to learn everything, which seems to be the story so far, she wants to learn everything from everybody. So her know? focus right now is, you know, things like conjuration and yeah. alchemy. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, time saved messing around at the forge is going to be right. poured into other research, mm-hmm. whether it's exactly. right. alchemy um, or enchanting or... Speech. Because you, know, you can have them doing one. all their work while you're off at the alchemy lab. Right, right. right. So, yep. I mean, it's it, yep. it means that I have to go find and earn and build up my, my income, my septum yeah. pool, uh, because I've got spells I'll need to buy, Yep. as well as as well as uh, equipment. Yeah. But it's it's seems fitting for the character. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. That's very cool. So you can you but you can just as easily, you know, use things like uh alchemy and enchanting as kind of a leveling engine instead of smithing, which right. which tends yes. to be the case for a lot of people. Yep. Uh but this gives you the opportunity to do that and still have armor that's gonna you know, protect you and right fight, because so. I do want her to be a, a heavy armored uh, sword mm-hmm. and board uh, okay. melee fighter, right? Right. Uh, that's able to surround herself with uh, mm-hmm. lots of nasties, skeletons, zombies. Okay. All those nice. Really wholesome. Oh yeah, things. absolutely. <laughs> well, you grow yeah. up with necromancers. Uh, you yeah. surround yourself with the like. Win in yeah, Rome, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and to make the whole world. Like your childhood, right? Well, then we can finally have peace. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I think it, the, the direction sounds great. So as I mentioned earlier, um, now that I've, I've kind of been in solitude, I've gotten what I mm-hmm. want. And uh, the other mod is, is actually isn't as indicative for me staying mm-hmm. in, in Skyrim, so we'll cover that another time. But okay. um, she has now left, since left solitude, uh, she, she went to... Uh, uh, help Jari out a little bit. Okay. And then now she has decided after running into Fort Snowhawk and being attacked by the necromancers that inhabit that oh, place, yeah. uh, I took some some time to, to deal with that. Okay. Uh, that was quite a bit of a challenge, actually. Uh, what it, level were you when you hit that, do you think? Oh, let's see. What am I at now? I'm about 17 now, so that must have been around 15. Okay. So, I yeah, mean, yeah, doable, but... That's a challenge at, it, challenge. at any level it can be. Uh, um, just because there's there's so many of them, they're so spread out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, so I was able to uh, clear that out, and mm-hmm. uh, I abandoned the idea of using that as kind of my my place of residence, just because it's too open, it's too well-known. Yeah, well, and it's right on a major roadway and all this, it's kind of a weird so spot. So, she's felt uh, the best... The best thing to do now, uh, now that she's got a little better supplies and, and mm-hmm. armor and experience, is to return to Blackreach and claim the uh, field lab house as her right her primary well, place of stay. I think that's awesome. And, and now she's going to be coming back, you know, close to level 20, which is going to make it uh, her much more formidable Right, going going back down there. So, so yeah, Very cool. so that's uh, kind of where she's at. So she's yeah. going to come full circle in the Black Reach. I love that. I, I think you've you've made you've made uh, you've made the best of what was initially kind of a bad and scary situation. Yeah, no, it was horrible. But, kidding. but it's think about it, right? I mean, run, it's just forest, run. It's it's actually <laughs> a great 
spot for a character like her to start. It's like, it's it's one of these deals where if you really are truly trying to make a character that is is going to be this evil overlord someday, right? Where better to have them start than in a place like Blackreach and to say that I've emerged on right. the surface, yep. having survived Blackreach, not only that, but mastered it. Um, that that makes her even scarier in my view. Yeah, so, she's very she's, cool. I think I'm going to spend some time now uh, mm-hmm. in Blackreach. Uh, I'll probably get my ass kicked more than once. <laughs> oh sure, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try to make a go of it. And uh, right now, I think she's at a level where it's going to be difficult, but it's possible. It's doable though. So yeah, it's doable, and you'll yeah. level fast down there too with all the stuff going I, I, on. Yeah, I, I think so. And the field so. lab is a good place because it's got the enchanting and the alchemy, and I might try to. Uh, do a little bit of tweaking to it myself through Creation Kit so I can make it into kind of mm-hmm. a personalized home for myself. So wow. Sounds wonderful. I love it. All in. Yep. Well, yeah. we'll look forward to hearing the next update uh, yeah. and see how things go back down there in uh, Black Reach yeah, with we'll your customization. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to have a Jari episode because Robard had his own encounter with oh, Jari Ross. Perfect. Ra, so yeah, we can uh, yeah. we'll piggyback on that. We'll, we'll have a special episode on killing Jari Ra. <laughs> all right Thanks, Joe. uh the next segment we are going to get into play theory we're going to be talking about the circles of character conflict stick around In today's play theory, we are talking about the uh, circles of character conflict. And uh, there is a blog post on this, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, last week. It is called Circles of Character Conflict, and it contains a diagram that kind of lays out how this works. Um, We're going to talk about it today because I think it's a really good device to use to help define how your character would not only... um, react in certain situations with certain people, but it also helps you think about some of these other things we've discussed, like characters' strengths and weaknesses, right? Right. right. And so one of the things that is fundamental to writing good characters, whether you're writing a a novel or a screenplay or whatever, is, is kind of understanding how they react in different situations. The circles of character conflict really help us define that in in sort of practical terms, but then we can have a lot of other cool development that spins off of it. So if you were to, um, if you're you're not looking at the website now, I'll describe it to you. We're looking at basically three concentric circles, like a target, right? And at the center, the center circle is personal conflict. This is the conflict that a character has 
at this sort of personal, psychological level. And, and this can be um, mental conflict, moral conflict. It can even be uh, sort of like physical conflict. If they're, if they're dealing with a physical limitation, that qualifies as personal conflict. Perhaps like a skooma? Yes. Um, yeah. A personal conflict can be an addiction, right? It can, it can be an addiction, or it could be something like, uh, it could be something physical, a gimpy leg or, mm. you know, an old war injury or something like that. Then it, it could also be something that was um, sort of heavily rooted in, in some kind of a psychological problem. Sure. You know, a mental illness, things like that. Sociopath? Um, that could be one, yes. <laughs> Just perhaps. But really what this Being is... by necromancers, perhaps. It, it's, it's, about, it's about who the person is at their core. And um, if you were to illustrate it in kind of really simple terms, I like to think of it as uh, the thing that the character thinks they want and what they really want and the divide between mm. those two things. Mm. Because a lot of times... Uh, the biggest lie we tell ourselves is 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 the thing that we think it is that we need right. when in fact something else is driving that right sure so this is really the core of the character, and I would say the most important of the three rings, but all the rings are are related. The next one um, outside that the next ring out is is sort of this level of interpersonal conflict, so who are the people that they associate with? who are the people that they know so family, friends. Uh, colleagues, uh, rivals. The, these are the people that they're coming into conflict with, and, and this is the clash of personalities. This is, this is conflict outside self, but it's within that group of people who, who are closely associated with the character. And then the, the next ring out is more like um, extrapersonal or societal conflict. So what are the institutions of society or government or culture yeah. that they rail against and yeah. come into conflict with all the time. Sure. And so these things are all sort of interrelated. And we want to try to think about, you know, where does our character fall in the spectrum of each one of these circles, essentially, right? Sure. And so what it helps you do, though, is it helps you dive a little bit deeper and see how these things are related. So when I think about Robard, for example, um, that character, as I think of him, um, is, is a character who has a lot of deep-seated problems. There's what we see on the surface, and then there's what, what's below that's causing the symptom that we see on the surface. Yeah. So right. when, I, when I think about him, he's, he's a violent person, and he's rough around the edges, and he's antisocial, but he's got this, this ability. He's got this ability to, to play this instrument like a virtuoso. So, you know, there's this dichotomy, and it's the dichotomy to me that's exciting, right? He's got mm -hmm. this these terrible things going on. I mean, he's just not a pleasant person, but he has this crazy gift that you'd never expect. And so then the, you're asking yourself, well, how does a person this gifted end up this messed up? And that starts to tell the story for you. Right. And as I've told it to myself— and I'm working on various variations of this, right? This, this idea that he's a raven crone who is has some kind of a, a problem in his background. He's illegitimate. 
So I've been saying he's he's illegitimate, and I'm going I'm on the fence about this still. But he he's an illegitimate son of of I think her name is Idgrad yes, Ravencrone. That sounds right. Right, and the way I imagine his background at at this point, he's probably in his late twenties or early thirties. And Ravencrone is a is is a fairly old woman at this point in the yeah, story. Probably in her right. early fifties. Yeah, she's got two kids um, by her current husband. One is a young boy, and one is an is an older girl, probably in her late teens. Yep. And so the way I sort of envision this is, you know, Robard is an illegitimate child that sets him up immediately as the bastard to get picked on. But easy scapegoat. Easy yeah. scapegoat, right? And so I kind of painted this picture of a kid who has this ability. He's a little bit of, you know, kind of quiet and he, he doesn't really interact with people much, but he likes to play the instrument, and that is his saving grace. And then at some point he does something that causes people in the community to kind of rail against him, and he loses that one thing he had left that made him sort of feel like he was a part of the community, Mm -hmm. the ability to play that instrument. So what it really comes down to is what is it that is is at the core of this character? And when I think about him, he's a character who thinks that he wants to be rich. He thinks that he wants to be famous. He thinks that he wants to be respected. But when you boil it all down, what he really wants is to be loved, right? Sure. There's there's what he really wants and that what he thinks he wants. And so those things are coming into conflict all the time. And so what we need to do is try to figure out what that source is, Right. right? And then we can extrapolate from there how that plays into this whole idea of the interpersonal conflict. So as an example, with, with that being the baseline for Robard, um, one of the vignettes I've created for myself is this idea that he's, he's changed his last name to Graves, and there's no that, that's not an accident. So um, as he's growing up, there's a woman in Morthal who is a great musician that he admires and that he learns things from. And when she passes away, she is buried with her instrument. And he goes out one night and he digs up her corpse and recovers the loot. Wow. And then... (laughs) U-T-E. Yes. (laughs) U-T-E. He recovers the instrument. And to him... This is an important thing, right? Because she's a great musician. She was his teacher. He admires her. She's buried with this instrument, which he thinks is wrong in the first place. So he digs up the instrument. And then, as you can imagine, what happens You know, when the townspeople find the 10-year-old kid playing the lute that they know was buried with this woman a week before, right? right? It automatically makes him a pariah. And the the kids, being kids, are cruel to him, and they basically refer to him as Grave Rober now. Instead of instead of Robard, he's now Grave Robard, which eventually turns into Grave Robber. And so the uproar is bad, you know, and all this stuff is happening. And then, of course, Idgrad 
you know, she's got this illegitimate kid, finally decides to make herself respectable, and she gets married to a much younger man and starts having more kids. He's the odd man out, right? He's not yep. the biological son of the new of the new husband. Right. And so there again, he's a pariah. Now he's a, he's a bastard, and he's, you know, he's... An he's outcast. An outcast yeah, for multiple reasons. So essentially what I'm saying is that his ability with the instrument is used as as an excuse for the family to send him off to Cyrodiil to a music school. But in the meantime, what's what's happened, of course, is that um, all the teasing and all of the ridicule and all of this negative stuff has caused him to withdraw inward. Mm-hmm. He doesn't associate with anybody unless he's punching them in the face. Right. And so his his way his way of of telling them how he feels about the way that they're treating him is to fight them. Physically. Fight them, always fight them. And so I think of him as being, you know, a scrappy person Mm -hmm. and a very dirty and for keeps style fighter. Oh, yeah. You know, who after, you know, beating one too many kids with a table leg or something like that in town basically, you know, is thrown in and out of, you know, what is essentially jail uh, there sure. until finally they're like, okay, we, we have, there's this rich guy we know who's a music aficionado who's, who's coming to the Bard College in a week. We're going to get Robard there and get him a chance to play for this guy and see if something can't be done. And he goes and he plays and the guy likes him and says, you know what? I, I think this kid is good enough. I will pay his way to this school and off he goes to Cyrodiil, and at that point, they wash their hands of him. Sure. Okay. And so cool. this is Great the the, the idea is that we're we're looking for we're looking for what what is that internal conflict that the person has, um, mental, emotional, and physical, that drives what they do, and then we we expand the rings from there. Is that making sense? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I like it. It's yeah, um yeah, for sure. It's an interesting way to look at a complex character. And I think yeah. a lot of times what we do is is we we think about the things that the concepts that we have but we flail around when it comes to f- determining how to organize our thoughts. Right. And what I've determined is that this model seems to work really well for me in capturing First, that inner ring, which is so important. Right. But then it's really easy for me to start to interpret now, if I'm looking at the interpersonal conflict ring, the next ring out, who's in that ring? Well, his mother is in that ring. His brother and sister are in that ring. His stepfather, who hates him, is in that ring. Right. Um, his his music teacher. Yep. His patrons, any patrons that he might have. Yep. Right? Uh, any of the kids that right. bullied him. Yes. Exactly. And Basically so, all that direct contact. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So he's a he's a character who respects bullies, and he considers himself to be one. So he does not he does not give kids who are begging money. He ignores them, and he gives money to the kids who are bullies, as a reward for sticking up for themselves and being dominant and being alpha. And so when I created him, he I created him as a smaller guy. I you know I hmm. I dialed down the weight on him okay. a little bit and okay. I made him wiry and lean and mean and nasty and that's kind of how I think of him. Sure. So yeah. I really like your definition or description of it like a target though because the center area with the personal conflict 
mm-hmm. is really going to be the hardest to really fix. And in the same mm-hmm. way that if you're practicing your archery, the bullseye in the center is the hardest yep. to hit. Yep. You can get it all over mm-hmm. the rest of the target and address those things one at a time willy-nilly, but getting right in there to the center would really solve yeah, a lot of a the lot problem. a lot of work and practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, the the trick then is to say, obviously, this character, Robard, he's got a lot of self-hate, and he tends to sabotage himself all the time. So how does that translate into our interpersonal mm-hmm. ring? And so the the way that I've imagined this is, he, the way that he acts has has caused people in his life to want to get away from him. So sending him off to Cyrodiil to go to music school was a way that they were able to make him someone else's problem. Right. But what happens there? Well, there he's he's basically knows how to do two things. He can play an instrument really well, and he can fight really well. <laughs> right. And there's there's an adrenaline rush and a sense of satisfaction of, associated with both. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the way I've envisioned this is obviously something has drawn him back to Skyrim. Well, that something for me is the fact that he's basically sabotaged any opportunity that he had in Cyrodiil. And, uh, you know, the game, um, as I'm playing it, using the mod... Um, be a bard. Mm-hmm. I'm focused primarily on the musical instrument, so there's no singing going on. Right. There's nothing like that. And um, I thought, okay, that's fine. I can just say that a- as a character, his his background was in the musical instrument, and that's what he was focused on. And then I s- decided, no, what if, what if he was a great singer mm-hmm. and a and a lute player? And and what really happened is that at some point along the along the line. Uh, his ability to sing was destroyed from a punch in the throat, you know, or something like that, yeah, because sure. he decided that it was time to go down to the tavern and pick a fight with somebody because he had nothing better to do, you know? So that's kind of... Unintended consequences. Yeah. That's kind of how I think of it, is he's he's into self-sabotage, and as much as he says he wants to be famous, anytime he's got an opportunity to play for someone who might be able to take him to the next level in his career. Right. He's either screwed it up by being drunk or being late or having broken his hand the night before in a brawl and he couldn't perform. And so at that point, everybody's washed their hands of him now and said, you know what? You had your shot. It's over. And now he's back in Skyrim trying to figure out how he's going to make good. And it's turning out that that route for him is going to be a dark one. So, But it's this idea of self-sabotage. So now we're thinking about who who are these rings and how does this this propensity he has for fighting and always doing the wrong thing in a social situation affect his his life um, in, in that ring, right? Yeah. And so then that brings us to the societal conflict ring. Now he's back in Skyrim. What is he going to do? Well, besides aggravate everybody. Besides <laughs> aggravate everybody, yeah. And you know the the way I see it, the first thing he does is go back to Morthal. And they're like, oh, my God, he's back, and he, he starts causing trouble. And so what I did is kind of said that is, that's kind of the background information, right? Um, I started him off um, kind of having, using alternate start, I started him off in sort of a criminal faction. Oh, and okay. So I started the game in Valfheim Towers as, as a part of the, the bandit's Oh. Uh, the bandit group living in Valfheim Towers. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and I sort of considered that, you know, 
him hooking up with a group of bandits just because he he needed that group for security initially. Right, right. And safety then and numbers. Safety in numbers. He gets back to Skyrim, gets his feet back under him, and then he proceeds to steal everything that they have, and he he kills the last person between him and freedom and then makes a run for it. So he's out there now, and I made him a pariah in Morthal by basically, like I said earlier, uh, I used the console command to give him a bounty. To, to set him a bounty in Morthal. So anytime he goes back to Morthal, he's going to be confronted by guards. And wow. it, that's sort of my idea of, of his mother basically saying, you know what? You're not welcome here. You're banished, right? And so he's got to find another way. And so at that point, now we come into conflict with society. So it's conflict with his, his mother and the in those who are in power in Morthal, but then also conflict with society on the whole because he's now selling skooma and he's he's selling drugs basically and and he's taking a deeper dive into the criminal underworld to try to make his way there because wow. he feels like it's the only option he has left so that's wow. the the Thanks. conflict the larger conflict with society and as all this waterfall it just kind of flows down from oh, yeah. that that internal conflict outward so we want to try to start in the middle and work our way out right, right or i guess you could you could go the reverse too um you know it's I find it easier to to start at the core and work outward, but sure, you know, you could look like at, at it like a funnel as opposed to a fountain. And if you've got mm-hmm. all the society pressure coming in, and then that's yeah. affecting the people who are closest to you, inward. and then everything yeah. gets really bad for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think um, as a reaction to all the stuff that society kind of really is doing what makes to those the most around sense you. to you. That yeah, that well, that's an interesting way to look at it though too, because quite often it, we we don't see the flaws in our in ourselves until we start to see how we're in conflict with the people around us. How does it manifest you know? itself yeah. once it's affected you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the things we see going on in the societal and interpersonal conflict rings are symptoms of what's going on in the in the personal conflict ring. So mm-hmm. so you did, we were talking about it as a target, and on the website it looks very two-dimensional. As you were talking through it, I was thinking about turning it into a 3D, like a fountain. Yeah, Yeah. like an inverted cone, right? And up at the top, you've got this cylinder of personal conflict that all it's doing is this this filling and filling with this boiling over, and that Mm -hmm. waterfalls down, like you said, down into the interpersonal conflict. You don't really have a lot of control over where it goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's really, really uh, major boil, it's going to go everywhere, and it's going to splash its way down into societal conflict really pretty quickly. Yeah, So. yeah. And so what we're talking about here is is kind of some major examples of how of of how this personal conflict might affect his life but we can also probably see some kind of interesting and more subtle ways that this this impact could be seen so you just basically draw the maps the little arrows between which layer mm-hmm. it's affecting yeah well yeah. if if we use yeah. robard as a model for example Let's just, this hasn't happened in game, and I don't know that it ever will or not, but, um, you know, imagine that uh, a major character in a Skyrim quest line, a female character, decides that there's some something about him that she likes. You know, who, how does how does Robard react to that situation? To, Probably to the poorly. I, to the idea that that someone might have affection for him. Yeah. Um, you, you can start to imagine different ways that that could play out, depending on who this person is and their personality as well, obviously. But um, 
what does that mean for Robard, right? So in this sense, maybe he looks at that as, you know, something to run away from because yes. he doesn't want to let it go. And, and yeah. what do they want from me? Very. Right. Or, or does does he go the even worse dirtbag route and totally take advantage of that situation to get what he wants? Right. Right? If Yeah. Is like that, I say, it really depends on the, the situation mm-hmm. and the person. Yeah. And um, my thought is that in that situation, one thing you could do is you could play him like the Terminator and say that, you know, oh. he he basically, you know, destroys this person and moves right. on without a care. Or you could say that rather than that, he, he's more complex than that. Yeah. And and maybe he he sees something as well and maybe has some feelings, but he's gotten so good at self-sabotage that... You yeah, know, without even knowing it. He, he acts on the negative and right. then regrets it later, or, you know, who knows what. Yeah, but there's, yeah there's a lot of options. It, or, a lot of options. possibilities. Yeah. I mean, he could start out wanting, you know, mm-hmm. going through all the gears mm-hmm. and figuring out what, right. what this person can do for me. How can I take advantage of it? Mm-hmm. And then as he gets down that path, something changes, mm-hmm. and he, he changes direction. Right. I think you the know. carry weight on regret is very high. <laughs> you know, it that, could, it that could is, be without without point. really even knowing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if we have a good handle on what that personal conflict inner ring is like, and what what the uh, the interpersonal ring is like, then we get some really interesting ideas in in these kind of um, dialogue situations. You know, when we're mm-hmm. presented with dialogue uh, with NPCs in Skyrim. We can make some decisions that are based on a real feel that we have for what the character would do, um, you know. And so, what I've tried to do in my character background is define some things about Robard at each one of these rings um, enough so that I can craft a little bit of a background and get a sense for what they would do. And at the interpersonal ring level, I've also tried to make a bulleted list of who some of the actors are. Mm. Family members who who might fit in that ring, um, associates who might fit in that ring, rivals, things like that. Right, and and right. just kind of pick a few individuals and, right. and place them in there and give a little bit of thought to his relationship with them. Hmm. So Yeah, that's interesting. That's... That's a good way to do. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I like it. I should, I might, might have to uh, put myself a list together. <laughs> well, I think it's I, in, I think in some ways I kind of have without really doing that. And that's exactly true. And that's I, why I, I think that being able to yeah. sort of map it out, I'd almost want to leave a little version of that on my ta- on the table while I'm going oh, sure. through the story. Sure, all the people I'm interacting with, especially if you've got, you know, it's sort of a history of aggression, mm-hmm. you know, as a response. Who are all the Who are all the people that you're making it worse, <laughs> yeah, uh, or or better? Yeah. What's your reaction to all those things? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what this does too is, is kind of interesting. Is it it starts to get into this idea of how do I make this happen? Really, mm-hmm. how do I illustrate this? Yeah, there's options I can choose in in you know dialogue threads that will make more sense. But right. But what are my play rules going to be associated with this? And because I see him being in conflict with society so much, um, I made the decision right away that he was never going to pay off his bounty, ever, never. Just as a 
it's point the, of yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, it's I, almost a point of pride at this yeah. point. Well, right? Yeah. I mean some sort of reckless point of pride. Yeah. You just fine, whatever you want. Yeah. Make it bigger. I hesitate I hesitate to call it uh, a principle. Right. But it kind of is. Yeah. On principle. I'm not paying yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because so, watch two, me. Two can yeah. play at that game. Yeah. yeah. It's all out of spite. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, I guess what this segment is turning into is is kind of a deep dive into into this character idea. But what I'm trying to do is illustrate uh, what I think is a structure that could help people take what they might be creating by accident and 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 map it out in a way that's a bit more structured and gives you a framework for diving uh, diving even deeper. Because I think when we want to play these characters in Skyrim, we come up with these play rules in our head of things that we're going to do and not going to do and all this stuff. Right. Um, but clearly, this is a guy who's going to spend a fair amount of time in jail. <laughs> You know, very likely one for one reason or another. Um, and I, I know uh, having played him, he's been in white run and he's, he's been in solitude so far. Those are the only two cities he's been in, but in both of those cities, the guards always say, Hey, I know you. No, no. And he nope. keeps walking. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> walking. Right. And nope. actually white run, I cannot go back to right now because I did get in a fight and I did get thrown in jail and Oops. I escaped uh-huh. from jail. Um, which was awesome, oh, that's, that's <laughs> which was awesome. Great. Yeah. I mean, I, the way I kind of play this out is he, he will not pay uh, his, he will not pay off his bounties. Um, and he also would hesitate as a point of pride to serve his time. Um, you know, you can just go lay down in a cot. And, yeah. But it's just like paying you your know, bounty. It's forget right. that. Right. So he, here's an interesting experience, right? I, I, I said like a little game. Yeah, I mean within the game, it yeah. it is right. So one of the things I said I was going to do is I was going to make Skyrim a playground for a thief. And one of the mods I introduced, we talked about it last week, is um, Skyrim sewers, right? Oh yeah, every yeah. city has a sewer under it. Yep. And so he he comes from Valheim towers. He um, raids another bandit camp, steals the gear he needs, including a loot, and he he comes into White Run and he. Um, pays for his bed the first night by playing at the Bannered Mare. He makes enough money to have a place to sleep sure. and a, a quick meal. But then he gets up in the middle of the night, and the first thing he does is he goes diving down into the sewer system to start figuring out what's going on under there because right. he's a criminal. He knows where to find the other criminals. Right. And I'm glad it's you, like home. I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that up because that was actually the other mod I was going to mention In earlier. solitude, right? You're yeah, yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. I do have that installed. It is very cool so far. Yes. Um, uh, you know, I actually went into the sewers. I was actually, I did it more on a player side because I was curious about the mod as much as anything at that point. Mm-hmm. So I I did play it off a little bit and I, I waited mm-hmm. until, you know, there weren't a bunch of people around the manhole cover. Mm-hmm. So That makes sense. No one was no one was <laughs> looking because it would be really odd right. otherwise. So mm-hmm. she went down in, and, and there's skeevers kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, of course, couldn't see a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Don't have a torch. So. <laughs> Lighting a torch in a sewer, not always a good idea yeah. either. Ooh, but I, yeah, but, I never thought about that. But, but I did find one, so I, I actually did light it, and it, it, nothing happened. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, There's no methane was mod? <laughs> no must be pretty well-vented. <laughs> it must <Yeah>. be. <laughs> Every manhole cover in town shot 50 feet into the air. <laughs> he just didn't notice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I did wander around a little bit, and um, I actually came to a stairwell that went up into the Bard's College. Mm-hmm. And right, that, right there was a loot, 
So I grabbed the loot just because it seemed like something I could sell. Uh-huh. Because uh, at this point, I'm pretty low level. I needed the coin. Yep. So And at just that time, my torch went out, and it went pitch black, so I shimmied up the ladder and ended up in the Bards College. So Cool. I was able to take some time there and sit down and read a couple of their books. and Yeah. And then it, all it of a sudden, an his amazing, pursuit uh, of liberal arts took off. Well, I, I do think I found I do think I found a bard for my uh, future my future uh, guild or whatever you want to oh, call it, though. Yeah, because uh, fairly handsome man and and nice voice. So oh I yeah, think, I think we can we go. Sub- seduce him into note to self. Note to right? self. That's exactly right. Uh, uh-huh. I like it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's a gr- it's a terrific it, mod. It is. It yeah. is fun. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, I I did the same thing. I kind of. I sort of played it as, you know, Robard, you know, knows that he needs to find a way to make his own way. He he wants to build his own empire. He doesn't want to be part of someone else's. So went down to the sewer, fully explored that, and then uh, later on in the play session, got into some trouble and got thrown in jail. And as soon as I was in jail, I'm like, okay, I've got one lock pick. And I went <laughs> to the count. door and I looked around and, and there were no guards patrolling. So I went over to a grate in the floor and I moved that there's a there was a body of a guy already in the cell who had who had died. Oh, okay. And uh it looked like he had been using uh, a butter knife to try to wedge open this grate. <laughs> and so I went over there and uh used the lock pick and got okay. it open, jumped down into the sewer of which I was already intimately familiar, right? Perfect. And I knew exactly the path. I I made my way around uh, to a little area where I could climb up on the wall and I could actually reach through the grates into the locker where they had stashed all my gear. <laughs> that's, and, that's very handy. So I went up in there and I tried to pick the lock and I broke my lock pick oh. and I had the one, right? Right. So I thought, okay, last time I was down here, there was a beggar guy on the other side of this sewer uh, under the Plains District. So I snuck over there and I found him and I'm like, dude, you got anything to sell? And he's got like 50 lockpicks. Bam. So I I scrounged (laughs) as much garbage as I could find down there and made enough money to buy three lockpicks. And I went back, picked the lock, got all my gear back. And then there was another chest that was just within my reach as well that said evidence chest. And I opened that up and it had everything in it that I had stolen previously, stole it all back (laughs) and then uh, headed out. And I'm like, okay, now I got to get out of town. So you just stole, stole your stolen stuff. (laughs) I found the path. I found the path where the the water washes out of the city and uh, the grate opens. And so I was able to come out underneath the drawbridge. There's a drawbridge in Whiterun mm-hmm. and where that water empties oh, out. Oh, yeah. I hmm. came out underneath that, and I knew that my horse was up by the front gate, so I snuck down to the Patiently end of that o- alleyway there, and I whistled for him, and he came running around, and then oh, I jumped nice. on his back and beat it out of there as, as fast as I could, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. And it was awesome. How do you whistle for your horse? You got to have the mod. Yep. I'm in fact it's worth mentioning I'm using immersive horses now I've, I've Oh you're stopped, not using convenient I've stopped using convenient What's horses What's the difference between in immersive immersive horses and convenient horses okay. Two different mods that function slightly differently Um I I like right the now simplicity I have stupid of horses, immersive so. <laughs> Yes exactly Yeah not to be confused with inversed horses which is where you ride upside down. I've got ballet horses right now. <laughs> uh-huh. They keep thinking that they can do parkour and stuff. So, uh-huh. so I mean, 
it turned out really good, right? But that well, that was the the idea right. of this player oh, yeah, role, right? Yeah. So now he's an escapee from from White Run, and well, it's I am perfect you know, use. It's a perfect use in the mods for that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So I've got a bounty at this point. I've got a bounty in White Run and a bounty in Morthal, and I do have a bounty in Solitude now. <laughs> As well, uh, but I'm you're I'm not going to have anywhere to go. Pretty soon. yeah, you're going to have dudes out all there. over the place following you. Yeah. I, oh, there's one more thing. An I, auspicious band of you know brothers. How? They're going to converge <laughs> and it's going to explode. I know. You oh, fight you. Leave me. God. So far, yeah, I've I've fought three thugs and a bounty hunter, and <laughs> killed them all. So. Robard's making it work, but it's going to get kind of ugly pretty soon. I think Robard's <laughs> going to find a way to turn this to his advantage mm-hmm. at the end. All these people are going to start figuring out that they don't have a problem with him. Yeah. They've got a problem with the societies that's, mm-hmm. you know, that he's pushed off for his entire life and will mm-hmm. maybe find out that at the end that poor Robard was, you know, really in charge this whole time and everyone was his mm-hmm. puppet. Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this works out. It's pretty grand thinking, but well, you know, you never the, know. The Thieves Guild quest line. I mean, yeah, they're a bunch of thieves and they live in the sewer and all that stuff. But you know, the way that that quest works and the way that it ends. I mean, you're expected to be a leader. You know, right? And and so, regardless of who it is you're leading, the question is: is is Robard capable of being a leader, or is he is he strictly a loner? And um, I'm I'm just kind of reserving judgment on that. I'm not going to say that maybe he's not capable of of being the guildmaster. Right. I don't know. I'm certainly not going to decide now because I don't feel like I know him well enough. Right. Um, but you know, I think these rings will kind of help me determine what are the right circumstances in in which Robard could rise to the top. Because right. right now he's been at the bottom, at the bottom, at the bottom, right. but he's continually right. put himself there. Right. What's, so then what what's going to change along the way to yes. to to change that inner ring? Mhm. Yeah. Or maybe there's something about the qualities in that inner ring where that when f- he's in a certain environment with a certain oh, set of people come through. it's it it is an advantage rather than a disadvantage. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't the, know. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really that's really what we're talking about here. These these rings of conflict. It's really nothing more than a model to help you kind of figure out how to document the way a character might yeah. react. Well, really, to how to how to so, how to gather and group all all the ideas that are floating yeah. around? Because, like you say, everyone everyone has all these mm-hmm. all these concepts and things and reasons and right. you know but they're they're kind of wild and loose and pretty mm-hmm. soon before you know it you're you're just you know going on a quest to go on a quest exactly instead of corralling all of that stuff and trying to make some sense mhm mhm so if we were to um think about your current character mm-hmm. if if we look at i mean what how would you approach this would you approach this from from the outside in or do you think from from the center out? I mean, I can see both. Yeah, I can too. Because I mean, there's approaches. a there's a lot of there's a lot of exterior. Um, there's a lot of things that happened on the outside that kind of made mm-hmm. her who she is. Right. But there's also those bits on the inside that flourished. Yeah. Because of it. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe were were you know, brought to the surface. Mm-hmm. So I. I'm not sure. I think 
on a personal conflict, kind of that dichotomy that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Just off the top of my head, I'd say it's more kind of a, you know, she's got this quest for power to settle the world because her world has never been settled. Mm-hmm. But really all she wants to be is acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So that that could be kind of her in her, her, in her core. Right. Um, and then, you know, the interpersonal would, of course, be... Mm-hmm. Um, her father, she would never have known her mother uh, f- for a few years. And then her aunt and uncle uh, right. were, are kind of the immediate ones that come to mind. And then on a lesser note, but just as important because they did help kind of give her a foundation mm-hmm. would be the, the bandits and then the necromancers. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when you think about it, think about her background, what, what, what is it that she thinks she wants? You know, she she right. thinks that she wants control. Right. She thinks that she wants power, but what she really wants is to be acknowledged and maybe security. Yeah. Right. You know, right. she she right. wants to be safe. Right. And yeah, and I guess at this point each each of those interpersonal groups and mm-hmm. individuals um cultivated a different aspect of her person and how she thought mm-hmm. she, or what she thinks she's, she's going right. for. So you got the bandits that kind of cultivated that, uh, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that the more of the worldly view mm-hmm. or, or, you know, that, that more selfish aspect. Yeah. And then the necromancers on the, just the general abilities and power. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees probably her aunt, as being more of a, a hindrance because she refused to continue teaching her something. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like there's an inner war going on inside her. On the one hand, right. she she wants to feel safe and secure, but on the other hand, she also has this sort of mad desire to really kind of constantly pursue knowledge. And so she can be in a secure situation with the bandits, for example. Right. Right. She knows there's safety in numbers, but she's willing to take the risk if she has to. This this need to acquire knowledge and to learn and, right. and stuff is strong enough yeah. that she's willing to take the risk and endanger her security in order to make a move for more for and an greater knowledge. Right. Yeah, you know, and and uh, so I I love this idea that you have this person who has all this powerful potential. But right. but maybe a little bit hesitant to leave, you know, because it, it could be dangerous. But bam, is taking the leap because that compulsion to go get the knowledge right. and to learn is so powerful that it's yeah, it's almost you know, like coming to a point where you know it just like a you know the light bulb goes off and yeah. you realize that right. where you're at is not going to further you anymore. Right. Yep. So you take that next step forward because mm-hmm. you're you're just. This is old now. Yeah, there's nothing more here I can use. I love this. I, I love like talking about this model and seeing how it applies. And you're talking about is mm-hmm. it inside out or outside in? Every time you add mm-hmm. a little bit to it, I feel like you've got the outside, and everything is getting more and more concentrated into mm-hmm. your character. The the closer yeah. in that you sure. get, sure. Uh, Stu, I think of yours moving more in completely the opposite direction. You know, mm-hmm. you've. Have sort of thrown this rock of a person into a pond and it's rippling out and affecting everything else. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very different uh, a character good approach. Good analogy, yeah. That is. I, I like that idea. Ro- Robart is kind of like that. He's, I think of him as, 
is kind of this um he's he's like this rock thrown into the pond and he's he's messing things up he's making waves yeah and uh you know and he that, doesn't see the result mm-hmm. of right. the last yeah. wave right exactly Whereas if i guess if you want to use keep keep the water and the ripples inner earth could be more of like the fish that's way underneath the water <laughs> and you see the ripples but you're not sure what's causing it right. yeah right. <laughs> yeah right. until so. you get to the center and you start looking down uh-huh. yeah 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 so well, this is interesting discussion. I I love tools like this. I'm always looking for something um, that's going to help, and that that the whole idea of trying to figure out um, a character's the dichotomies or the complications of a character, right. the things that make them interesting, is always is always hard. This is a model that might help. It might help you, dear listeners, if you think uh, you know if you're if you're working on a character type right now. Think of it this way and see what you come up with. Document a few things. It certainly can be as easy as a bulleted list, and that's, that's kind of what we're doing. Um, and send it to us if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. I'd uh, love to read it. Again, yeah, we, we could use we could do quite a uh, character critique. Could oh, we, we totally could. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we're doing— um, We'd need a couch. <laughs> well, yeah, we, should, we would, wouldn't we? Have somebody come in, tell us about your character. Yes. Tell, tell us about your background. I'll volunteer. I'll, I'll do it. I'll take the couch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, you're a true couch warrior. Uh, there we go. Yes. The warrior couch. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things that we're doing Sparta. here is we are, um, we're, we're looking at really kind of trying to focus on character profiles now. So one of the things that we're doing is upgrading our gallery. You've probably seen that we've got gallery shots in there of a number of different characters with some kind of bullet items uh, there um, that are kind of imprinted right on the image, giving us a general idea of, of who this person is. We're trying to take that to the next level. If you go to the gallery and look at Robard's picture there, you can click on it and it'll take you to a sample post that has more detailed information on Robard, his background, and some of these circles of conflict as they apply to him. We're going to be expanding that and uh, we're going to be trying to put together some material with more information on these characters uh, going forward. And these will be characters that we're playing in game and some that we're not, uh, maybe past characters as well. But the idea is we can use it as sort of a living, breathing character profile gallery where you yeah. can go to generate some ideas of your own. And maybe you take one of these and spin off into a whole new, new direction, but it's it's a starting point. So uh, look for more information on that coming up. So next, we're going to have Crusader Mail. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. It is Crusader Mail time. What we got, Joe? All right. Thanks, Stu. And just as a quick note uh, to reference my earlier comment that uh, coming up, and we have two important dates. Okay. uh, July 31st and August 21st. Okay. Um, Those are the days that are going to be important to the Aranus Arcana submissions uh, that we've been getting through character crusade.com. Okay. So uh, we are going to compile our Ernest Arcana related questions uh, and present them and spend a significant amount of time uh, in an episode on the 21st of August. Okay. Uh, In order to do that, however, we do have to make a cutoff date and that is July 31st. Okay. So you got to get your questions in by July 31st or they don't make the cut? Correct. Correct. Okay. So 
Uh, we've got a decent list so far, but okay. uh, if you're thinking about it, if you had a question or a comment or uh, anything like that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, get it in before the 31st of July so yeah. that it's coming be, very soon. It'll, yeah, it, 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 yeah, time flies, doesn't it? So it mm-hmm. we'll compile all those and we'll spend some time uh, coming up on August 21st uh, to go over those. Well, and that's wonderful. Now, that's not to say that we're going to totally discontinue the Ernest Arcana submission. Right. Uh, it just means that we're not going to get to it probably after this mm-hmm. um, anytime oh, wow. soon. Yeah. Well, um, a big reason, I yeah. think, is that, you know, this podcast really isn't about the Couch Warrior Aranus Arcana series, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't want it to become that. So right. we're, we're happy to address the questions, uh, Stuart specifically uh, in most cases, because it's kind of his baby, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, so we just want to, we want to address those and, uh, and then we're going to just kind of move on with uh, more of our, our role play type of content that we, we want the, the podcast to be yeah. about. And I, I appreciate that. More characters to pick yeah. up. I mean, I think um, that the cutoff date is is good. Um, I'm probably going to need at least that much time <laughs> to kind of prepare and go back and do my homework on some the, of these yeah, things. There's, so, a, there's a lot to go through. Yeah. So this is going to sound web dorky. Um for people who are not on the mailing list, if you want a reminder of those end dates, sign up for the mailing list. We can get yeah, a message out to you true. for the last, you know, maybe the last week ahead of time, mm-hmm. anything like that. A- again, we want to make sure that we can reach out and ask things at the right time or give people yeah. some information on, on deadlines or things that are coming up. This is a perfect reason for that. That's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, yeah, get on the mailing list and we'll we'll use that to send out some reminders and alerts as we near the cutoff date. Yep. Um, and yeah, like Joe said, this podcast really um, isn't about Aranus Arcana specifically, but we realize that that, that series is probably going to continue to be a well of ideas. Oh, for sure. So I mean, it, it's going to come yeah. up. And, I mm-hmm. mean, it's already come up on, on multiple occasions. There's a lot mm-hmm. of really good content from that series to draw mm-hmm. from. Yes. So we'll talk about it occasionally in the podcast. Absolutely. absolutely. We're, we're going we're gonna to continue to do that mm-hmm. uh, because okay. why not? Wonderful. But we're not going to focus on that series in particular. So Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, there's been some um, really good questions and some comments mm-hmm. and all that good stuff and we'll wrap it all up in a nice big bundle and uh, address that and lob it at you at the, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll address Ooh. that at the end of yeah. august and we'll so. land with a resounding thud <laughs> uh, so what was the cutoff date again joe so the cutoff date for submissions to be included is july 31st 2015 okay, okay july 31st and then the date that we and will the date we will address those on air is August twenty first. Okay, excellent. excellent. I love it. So, okay. All right. Moving on. We just uh, I just have the one question that I think I want to address because it kind of okay. seems uh, to be fitting of our discussion today, and mm-hmm. that is from uh, Tom R from New Jersey. Okay. So Tom writes. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm playing a tribal orcish hunter. He begins as a bit of a savage, stealing what he wants and killing as he sees necessary. However, my plan is to have him leave the orc stronghold to find himself in a spiritual format. Yet, instead, he meets someone who slowly teaches him the finer forms of living, causing an evolution of sorts for the character and the skills as he goes from hunter, thief, to multifaceted knight, if you will. Hmm. I'm 
I'm not quite sure how to flesh this out, though. So if you could suggest some ideas, I'd be grateful. Okay. This is an interesting question. I, I feel like a lot of how you might do this would hinge on who this person is that, you know, kind of takes this orc under his or her wing and teaches him all these things. Right. Think? I agree. That would be a good starting point, kind yeah. of flesh out that right. NPC. And yeah. What, why does that NPC, what's the attraction? Why do they mm-hmm. get together? Yeah. Uh, why do they stay together? Mm-hmm. Um, is it another orc? Uh, is it another race? Oh, yeah. Uh, the the idea of it being another orc has a certain amount of appeal, right? Because um, it seems like an orc who's set in his savage ways might be more more open. inclined to listen to another, another orc, orc who's right? found a different way to live, right. saying, "Hey, man, what the worldly. heck are you doing?" Well, I mean, you know? I, I believe the a good mm-hmm. case in point would be uh, the librarian in the mage's college. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, that would be perfect. There's an orc who found a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about the gourmet? <laughs> the gourmet. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, you could choose uh, those NPCs right. as, I mean, specifically in your role mm-hmm. play, or you can use that mm-hmm. kind of a concept for your own sure. type of orc NPC. Sure. I mean, I believe there's, there's you know, if there's, if there's mods out there for orc NPCs, I, I'm sure there are. Oh, of course. Um, or yeah. uh, acquire one of your own mm-hmm. as a follower, mm-hmm. or if you're going to use like amazing follow tweaks or something, mm-hmm. you can uh, bring them in and like that. And Yeah, you know, there there's actually, there's probably three or four different orcs who could be good candidates just in the vanilla game that, that for this suggestion. I love the idea of, um, I, I believe the orc librarian at the Mage College, his name is Ur- Urag. Yes, that sounds right. Hmm. Um, he's a he's a great candidate. I think what, what you need to do is, um, w- with that idea, you'd have to engineer some reason for a kind of a savage, thieving-inclined orc to end up at the Mage College. Right. But if you could come up with that premise... Right. Um, Urag, who gives all kinds of great quests to go out and retrieve books, which is the ideal scenario for a thief. For a thief. Right. Right. Maybe he maybe he puts out you know puts out a message to say I'm looking for someone who's particularly skilled to do me these 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 jobs I have, and then we end up in a situation right where there's some kind of a a relationship right. that builds over yeah. time. Someone right? who's a professional in acquisitions. Yes. Yes. I'm looking for someone to work in our acquisitions department. Um, you know, I love this right. idea that that would actually work pretty well, right. I think. Which means, yeah, you, yeah. then you've got a, yeah, and you can send out the letter or, or how else could you, because you'd have to get gain entrance into the Mages College. So yep. you'd have to work kind of through that mm-hmm. little bit. So if you played it out as he sent out the kind of this notice canvas, mm-hmm. the area. Yep. Um, that would give you a reason. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, when you first approach the Mage College, you have to go through that little test. That little spell deal. A little yep. spell test. But what you do in this scenario is from a role-playing sense, you rather than rather than playing it as a test, you play it as a password. Oh, You know, and, and oh, sure. you're, you're saying, you're basically saying, not only am I looking for someone who's skilled in acquisitions, but someone who's smart enough to figure out how to make this happen even though it's maybe not their their bailiwick. That's a person who has 
the the resources, the mental resources right. to be able to do what it is I need them to do. So it's kind of a password and kind of a test engineered by Urag to make sure the person that he's going right. to be working with has a certain capacity. Yeah, because right? if, if, if they're not a spellcaster mm-hmm. and yeah. they can figure out even just a basic spell, mm-hmm. they actually obviously have the ingenuity and the intellect yeah. to do what he needs them right. to do. Or you go you go a little bit the other way, right? And you say, Urag is obtaining these books um, on on his own, you know, for his own reasons. And what he wants is he wants someone who's not only skilled in acquisitions, but can put up a front and oh. and kind of smuggle themselves oh, into gotcha. the college yeah. in a way right. and then work with him on the sly without the other members of the college knowing about it because he's got some ulterior motive. That would be something you could do too. Oh, hmm. sure. And both of them would be more inclined to trust another orc. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be so cool. Then you, you make <laughs> you make Urug, I think it's Urug Groshub or something like something that. Something like that, yeah, you, yeah. You make him kind of like this guy who's got a lot more going on than appears on the surface. Oh, yeah, and he is a cantankerous. He, he is. He is. And I can see him, you know, he puts his arm around the this orc who comes in and says, my boy, we are going to pull off some major cons here. You know, but if you're going to pull this off, first you got to do me some missions. And while you're doing that, I'm going to teach you how to play the game. You got to learn how to play the game. Yep. You got to learn how to play the game so that you can get in the places we need you to get into. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's got some larger end game because there's no reason at all after doing so many of these missions for him and recovering a lot of books that you couldn't use amazing follower tweaks, make him into a follower and then go on adventures other places right. with him right. instead of having it just constantly be fetch quests. Right. right? And this is a earlier submission, so mm-hmm. we don't have any any info of whether Tom is running mods or not. Okay. But, um, yeah. Because we would just kind of go off to the assumption that you probably yeah. have the capacity to do that. Yep. If you're running mods, I, I would go that route, make him into a follower and, and go do some other stuff with him. But... I think the key to this this working is at least at the start, kind of treating Urag as if he is sort of the older, wiser person, right? Mentor. right? The yeah. mentor. Yeah. He, he's he's the one who's showing you the light, and obviously he's a person who's going to have um, access to all access kinds all of resources. Of, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, resources within the college from the yeah. different because if if you can present yourself as someone mm-hmm. that Urag trusts. Mm-hmm. The other mages are going to be yeah. a lot more willing to deal with you, uh, and it doesn't have to be spells. You don't have to go the mage route, but mm-hmm. there's there's other things you can get there. If you're willing to go the mage route, you could kind of work on that as well to say you could work that into the story. You know, sure, Urag is saying mm, you need to know a few things. There, there's some things going on here that we want to learn more about, and you know the the archmage is not telling us anything. I need so, you. I need you to do it. Sit down. I'm going to teach you some basic things so that uh, you can you can be a passable student here. Right. And we're going to start working our, our long-range con game, whatever that is. So that, that builds them yeah. into that ability to... Uh, oh my! To learn and, and become... <laughs> That's the dude, next one. Really I love this. Fake your way into the <laughs> yes. upper echelon, which yes. opens up the Thalmor Embassy. It does? Yes. Does it? Yeah, well, you could you could play it yeah. that way because if you're trying to be an infiltrator, that's true. Oh and yeah, yeah. You could 
you know. I'm watching put all the gears turning. You can put yourself up oh. into a, my as, brain is smoking I, I, right you now. <laughs> fake yeah. your way I into it was Canadian wildfires. You know, I'm a, you know, I, I am I'm an upper crust person. Yeah, you know, and get in you you pass your yeah. invitation to the mm-hmm. the Thelmore. I mean, right. I, I, can, I don't remember all the specifics oh. on that particular quest, but it could yeah. open that up if you wanted to use that as kind of a route. Well, Urug, the the sort of sage mentor character, is I think perfect it sets up a lot of different possibilities if you wanted to keep it as simple as a series of fetch quests where urag is the venerable guy who has some coin and he wants to pay to get this stuff found you can keep it simple right. or you can go with something more elaborate and say that with a um, much larger long-term yeah, goal urag right. has got a long-range mission and his his mission is to get a a student of his or a confederate of his into a position of, of power, power in the mage college. college. And he's kind of like saying, boy, when I'm done with you, you're going to be archmage. And you're kind of saying, whatever. <laughs> and then Urug makes it happen, right? right? You and me, we're going to go all the way, man. We're going to, you know. Because while you're out fetching books for him, mm-hmm. he's pulling strings on the inside for yeah, you. Yeah. Absolutely. And because maybe uh, he, he could have he could have 20 back, different goals, right? Oh, sure. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. All the stuff, you think about all the stuff going on underground, you know, under the college in the midden. Oh, There's all yeah. kinds of yeah. strange things down there. Um, through that quest line, you know, you can also um, give Urag, eventually, you can give Urag an Elder Scroll. I mean, maybe his end game is oh, to get his hands know. on an Elder Scroll. I've done that ever. Oh, yeah. Hmm. If you go through the whole um, dragon quest line, right? Okay. During that quest line, you acquire an Elder Scroll. After that quest oh, line is you're over, right. it's been you're, so si- long since you're sitting I've done around that. with an Elder Scroll in your inventory, like, what the heck do I do this? Urag will buy them from you. Shed it because they weigh a ton. Yeah, he'll he'll buy them from you. <laughs> they okay. do. Maybe that's his know. end game. Maybe he he's saying, you know what? I, I want Elder Scrolls. And you have an opportunity to give them at least two. It gives a whole new okay. meaning to paperweight. He will it? buy them. Oh yeah, yeah, they're like twenty pounds a piece. Well, I I think that. Uh, so that's yeah, that's that would be a wow. really yeah. good good start to oh for sure to taking on a, a mentor and and, I love and it. really refining an otherwise yep. gruff character. Yeah, there there are some other orc characters in the game that that have potential, but probably none that have access that, to as many resources. Yeah, as does, and especially so. if you want to you want to try to bring yeah. them into a, a more finer quality. Yeah. Um, that would probably be the, the number one that I could think of that's mm-hmm. not an NPC or, yep. a, or a, a modded NPC. Right. So there's something really fun just about the fact that, you know, here we are talking about all the options and mm-hmm. in the last 10 minutes watching the two of you, your <laughs> eyes just go wide and you're like, oh, I got to go do that. And, oh, this is going to fit into my care. You know, this is stuff that I'm just starting with. Tons of other people are starting mm-hmm. to build this in. You don't have to start with an entire story. You just start with a little mm-hmm. tiny spark sure. and yeah. in a conversation like this or thinking about it on your own or sketching yeah. it out, whatever. All of a sudden, you've got this incredible new thing that you're going to go well, after. And, yeah. And and you can amaze yourself a little bit. And well, honestly, yeah. I, to spin off of that, and I think it's really easy for people to do, um, maybe not everyone, but I mean, if you're playing this game, you, you, you know someone who's also mm-hmm. playing it most likely. Mm-hmm. And really what Stuart and I have done countless times is just talk on the phone and, and, right. and yeah. what, get together and just start spinning ideas off of each other. And it's it's pretty amazing the, the conversations you'll have where mm-hmm. it goes. Well, I hope that helps, Tom. Um, 
boy, we, we came up with some ideas we were thought we thought were pretty good, but uh, you may come up with some of your own. Uh, like I said, there's there's many other orc characters. There's there's actually a master level uh, orc blacksmith trainer in Markarth. That would be another great oh, candidate. Yeah. Uh, nope. Obviously, he can actually teach you things too. Um, but he's in a position of power. Yep. Um, has the ear of of the Jarl, and mm-hmm. works right right in the palace. So right, right. you know that that's a possible option too. So sure. Excellent. This was great. Super fun. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for yeah. the question. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Tom. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Character Crusade podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Your support is the lifeblood of this show, so we appreciate all of that. If you'd like to support what we're doing, you can check out uh, everything we got going on Patreon. Just go to patron.charactercrusade.com. You can also give us uh, a review. Give us a review on iTunes. Go to itunes.charactercrusade.com. That'll take you to our iTunes page, and you can uh, give us a review there. For a five-star review, we will give you a shout-out on the next episode. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And if you're interested in just, you know, all the different ways you can participate, obviously you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, charactercrusade.com, and YouTube. Thanks, and look forward to seeing you next episode. Bye. You have one old message. Character Crusade is a proud member of the N4G TV and Maker Studios Partner Network. N4G TV partners have access to exclusive production assets that are second to none and maintain full creative control over their channels. That's you, and that's me, and that's these Crusaders. Partner benefits include 24 by 7 customer support, SEO, what's SEO? A dedicated graphics team, I love me some graphics, a catalog of more than 400,000 licensed music and sound effects, and more. Learn more. Learn more at n4gtv.com and tell them Jimmy sent you. End of messages.
hey, uh, thanks for coming in. We wanted to have you do a sponsor read for us. Would you mind doing that? That would be fine. Hang, uh, hang on for a minute here. Yeah, you got to talk in the other end. This end? No, the other that, end. The, right there. Is that yeah. better? Yeah, I can, we can hear you real good. This is weird. Um, Joe, do you have the copy? Get, oh, yeah, yeah. Here. That's so that's uh, just read that first paragraph. That's kind of the – it's a thank you message, right? Um, the talk in right here. Yeah, talk into the microphone. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> We're supported by you, the fans of Couch Warrior TV and Character Crusade. Whether contributing to our Patreon campaign or simply helping us spread the word, none of this would be possible without your support. Go to Patreon dot charactercrusade.com to learn about the benefits of supporting the crusade with a recurring donation and help keep the crusade rolling wow that was great is that all because like i'm double parked outside yeah yeah go the guys I'm have sorry. been keeping the engine running well i thank you for coming in and taking the time we really appreciate it i mean my pleasure i'm gonna stop by whenever i want to okay well you know it's it's good to have a super fan in the neighborhood so feel free, not always you know, in the neighborhood <laughs> but thank you, Character Crusade yes. guys. Hey, you know, don't let us keep you any longer. I'm, I'm sorry, out of here. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.